Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. Now, next Wednesday, March the 8th, marks International Women's Day. To celebrate it, award-winning Irish composer and conductor Emer Noon, together with the National Symphony Orchestra, will present eight of Ireland's top female performers in a major new show called Daughters of the Pirate Queen, the Spirit of Grace O'Malley. And to tell us more about it, I'm joined here now by Emer Noon, along with one of the eight women performing in the show, Emma Langford. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Hi, Miriam. I'm Thanks, going to start with you Emma because I know you're going to perform one of the songs you wrote for the show Growing Your Whale you're going to sing it first now just before you do though tell me a little as to what it's about so the song is about the sort of the defiance the inner defiance and the fierceness and the physical and mental power that was Growing Your Whale it's sort of um yeah, it's her declaring who she is and who she's going to be in life and what she wants from life and where she's going and that nobody can stop her. So uh, when Emer came to me with the kind of the brief for the project, I went away and read loads about Gráinne and read about who her who she was in her life and I just was struck by just how relentless she was and how strong she was. So I wanted to try and capture those elements of her in a piece of music. Brilliant. And you're going to perform it first now with Jimmy Smith and Carl Breen and guitar. This is Gráinne Well. Unwill to wake Chuck Tersolia, unwill to wake Chuck Tersolia, unwill to wake Chuck Tersolia, Great song, Emma, Gronia Whale there. Now, Emer, Daughters of the Pirate Queen, it's inspired, as we know, by Grace O'Malley, whom I know you said you've been obsessed about, really, your whole life. Remind us, will you, for people listening, who she was. Yeah, Miriam, Gronia Whale, or Grace O'Malley, she was just an extraordinary woman, a 16th century character. And it's amazing. People tend to think she's a myth or a legend that she's there with Cúchulainn and the lot. But um, in the 80s, Anne Chambers, a historian and, and biographer, uh, took a sabbatical from her job at Central Bank with T.K. Whitaker and um, decided to go and find out if this woman was a real person and to get factual information um, to support that. So... It was only in the 80s, when you think of it, that we really had the source material and we had a a text that outlined that this was a living, breathing, full-blooded Irish woman. And Daughters of the Pirate Queen is about that. It's about we are her spiritual daughters. Every Irish woman I know has part of Grace O'Malley in her. And I wanted to reclaim that for us and to remind us that we're capable of extraordinary things. Here she was in the 16th century sailing up the Thames and demanding an audience with Elizabeth I because the British had kidnapped her son and her brother. And she showed up with a dagger hidden in her bodice and was, um, of course, searched by Elizabeth's body. And Elizabeth's reaction was, well, I suppose I would have done the same myself. (laughs) So she was incredibly tenacious, incredibly powerful. She lived by her own rules. And, you know, I think Irish women are incredibly capable human beings. Every single woman I know 
has that sort of capability and to remind us and to reclaim Grace O'Malley for ourselves. That's what the project is about. How has she become known both as Gronia Whale and then as the Pirate Queen? I love this story because if you imagine this little girl growing up in the west of Ireland and she's surrounded by fishermen and and sailors and her father has enabled her to learn how to sail and to learn how to defend herself in combat and so on. But you can imagine all of these communities living closely together. And she wanted to go on a trade mission with her father. Her father would have had about 30 galleys at his command. And they had oarsmen, so they could duck in and out of the coves in the West, none of whom were enslaved oarsmen. They were all hired hands. And she wanted to go on this trade mission, this adventure with a fleet of galleys to Spain or Northern Africa. And her father said, but you're a girl. Your hair will get caught in the rigging the ship's ropes and so on. So she decided that wasn't any kind of deterrent, went and shaved her head and decided to get a job as ship's boy on one of the other boats. But I love imagining that scenario because I'm from a small village and I can just picture the lads and the crew. Of course, they recognized her shaved head or not, boys clothes or not, and decided to give her a job on one of the boats in defiance of her father. But I'd say the crack was great, so much so that she kept the name Grania Whale for her entire life and never let it go. And why did she become known as the Pirate Queen? Well, she was a pirate. I mean, she was a great businesswoman, (laughs) but she was a pirate. And those were different times. You had lots of warring tribes and she would have married for strategic reasons to protect her family and, and keep her family safe and strong. And we forget that, you know, we had the the British influence coming in with viceroys and so on. But we still had a lot of tribal warfare across Ireland and especially in the West. Um, And I mean, the town of the tribes, Galway, my own city, uh, the tribes got together to keep her out of Galway because she was such a great businesswoman. She would have been terrible competition altogether. (laughs) So they they clubbed together to keep her out. But she was, you know, she was a businesswoman, but she was also a pirate. I mean, she raided uh, the merchant navy and she she raided ships that uh, got into trouble and off the West Coast and she exacted taxes and tithes if you wanted to sail up in, in her territory, you know. And she had four children, I think. And was it just a few hours after her giving birth, I think, to one? She did battle with some Algerian pirates. Yes, I love this story as well. I mean, I sat at Kirsten Sheridan's kitchen table one day in Venice, California, and the two of us started spinning out on how much we love Grace O'Malley and this particular scene, because we're both mothers. And this scene where this woman gives birth on board her ship, um, that the ship is boarded by Algerian corsairs. So she comes up on deck, waggles her belly around, makes the captain of the other side laugh, then picks up a blunderbuss and dispatches him off into the blue yonder. So we can't figure out how this story hasn't been told on on screen 50 times over already because her life was so extraordinary. But why do you think that is? Is it because so many other women were almost written out of history and we're just aware of this now? Yes, this is something that's a a personal, I have to say, it's a a personal, I have a bee in my bonnet (laughs) over things like this, but she wasn't acknowledged in history the way she should have. As we say, it's history, not her story. Other, there's so many Irish women, we think of Kathleen Clark during the rising, we think of um, uh, the first 
composer conductor w- woman to to conduct at the Royal Albert Hall was Elise Adelaide Needham from Meath. She was a, a suffragette as well as a composer and conductor. There's so many great women like that. And I think it's important for younger generations to know what you're made of. And if you have a great idea and you want to make a film or you want to be Taoiseach or whatever your crazy idea is, there are women out there that have done it and that are amazing, amazing women. So Grace O'Malley being the perfect metaphor for for all of that. So tell me now about this show you're working on. It's with the National Symphony Orchestra. It's marking International Women's Day. You've got so many of Ireland's top female artists involved, along with Emma here beside you. Who else is on board? Well, I have to say this is incredibly selfish and indulgent because I'm a fan of each of these women and I engineered it such that I could work with you guys, Emma. We have the amazing Celine Byrne, of course. And and the other thing is I purposely went for different genres because I wanted to show to international audiences, look at who we are and look at what we have on this island. These women are extraordinary. Um, Nina Hines is coming over from Berlin. She's one of my favorite Irish women. We have uh, Helen Doyle is playing trumpet. Helen is from our guard, the band, but she's going to lead. We've written a, a fanfare for the queen, queen, the pirate queen. So that's going to be led by amazing Helen Doyle. We're premiering two songs by Eleanor McAvoy. Eleanor's on tour in the UK, but I couldn't have this project without a link to A Woman's Heart because it was so seminal and so important. And I've been a fan of Eleanor for so long. And the songs she's written are absolutely fabulous. And we're all singing and performing on them. Emma Langford, of course, Wallace Bird. I went to see Wallace in Los Angeles a few weeks ago and she absolutely owned the place, Hollywood at her feet. Um, Don Kenny is coming back with some of her unique songs. Every single song is original for this project. And Dawn's work is so deep. The lyrics are amazing. The lyrics are written by her husband, Michael O'Toole. He's an extraordinary classical guitarist as well. But it's just my favourite people on stage together. Incredibly self-indulgent. The youngest of us is Ashling McGlynn. Ashling was at the Royal Albert Hall with me last June and we sold out the Royal Albert Hall with the Royal Philharmonic. Um, Ashling absolutely tore the place down. The audience went crazy for her. So she's back and she's actually writing a song with her dad, Michael McLean, about the relationship between a daughter and a father. So we, so I've brought in so many of my friends and, and favorite people. And I have to say thank you so much to the team at the National Symphony Orchestra who believed in this project from the get-go and put all of their resources and incredible talent behind us. And same for, thing for the National Concert Hall. Putting up a new project like this is a big deal. And they have done nothing, only completely support us. Now, before I let you go, and Emma's going to sing again, the Oscars are coming up. And I know, once again, you made history, of course. I spoke to you before at that time when you conducted the orchestra at the Academy Awards. And I gather you're involved this year as well with your husband, Craig. He's also a composer. Tell us about that. Yes, we're back on the music team again this year. We're doing some of the arrangements and orchestrations for, you know, the the least popular thing, which is the walk on, walk off (laughs) music. So my friend Ricky Minor is the music director this year again, and I I adore all of those people. So I'll be there on hand if they need me. I won't be on needed to perform this year, but we have our hand in there and I wish 
all of our Irish amazing actors and writers and directors and everybody the best of luck especially to the Irish mammies that are going with them who are going to have the time of their lives. I love the story especially because Paul Maskell's mom is heading out. Tell us briefly about the time you took your mom. <laughs> At the end of the Academy Awards my mother said to me well now I know who Brad Pitt is. And I said, where, what? <laughs> she said, I was the first person to congratulate him on his Oscar. And I said, mom, where were you? I was thinking, was she at the side of the stage? Where? Because mom had such a great time and all of the, the artist liaisons were, were having great fun with my mother. But she ended up in the winner's lounge. Mom! <laughs> I love it. Dead yeah, yeah, exactly. Dead right. Yeah, <laughs> Well, look, it's great. Daughters of the Pirate Queen, the spirit of Grace O'Malley, your show, Emer. It's going to be in the National Concert Hall next Wednesday, March the 8th. Tickets are available on nch.ie. And before you go, Emma, you're going to sing for us again. You're going to perform another song. It's entitled Not an Apology. Grown your whale doesn't strike me as someone who ever apologised to anyone, did she, Emma? No, and I wanted to capture that a little bit. So it's her going to her kind of dad and saying, look, I know you had a dream for me. You had a certain way you wanted me to grow up in this world and you had a, there's a place in this world for women. I know that, but I'm never going to be that person. And you also raised me to know who I am and what I want. So I hope you can be proud of me for that. So I'm not apologising, I'm telling. So that's what this song is. <laughs> well, you get ready. You're going to sing that for us now. As I said, tickets available from nch.ie and it's next Wednesday, March the 8th. So from Daughters of the Pirate Queen, the spirit of Grace O'Malley, this is Emma Langford singing Not an Apology. And thank you, Anima Noon. Thank you. Thanks, Miriam. start by saying this is not an apology I know you'd rather see me marry baby bouncing on one knee I need you to understand I'd rather the gallows than the shallows of land I'll take a galley over any gallant 